You are listening to a National Gallery of Victoria audio program available at www.ngv.vic.gov.au. I've also read about this kind of eureka moment that Howard had at one time and he'd been away somewhere and he'd come back to his, his mum's house and um, he was standing at the, at the door to enter the house and he's looking through the screen door and it suddenly kind of seemed to grab him and he then went out and photographed every screen door in the street apparently. It's an interesting kind of idea to think about, like standing there looking through. You know, I imagine there's some light coming through and you get that kind of hazy effect looking through these screen doors. And um, and then looking at the stenciling effect that, that Howard puts into a lot of the interiors and, and exteriors, which contribute awesomely to the flat, this this really attractive flatness in those works. You know, you've got these flat bands of colour and then this kind of intense patterning that just kind of breaks it up really nicely. It was his way too of maintaining a level of abstraction in his work because the subject matter is so overt. It's there, the household exterior, the household interior. But the compositions themselves are really quite complex and very sophisticated mm. you know, abstractions yes. from from the real. Yeah. I don't know that lots of sten- – you know, just thinking about – stencil art in Melbourne over the last few years, which kind of started exploding, you know, around the late 90s and really then took off around 2001. Um, the big focus for a lot of stencil artists in Melbourne has has been more about messages and politics, you know, and, and that, that reflects the time that they're living in, especially around 2001, obviously, with world events. But at the same time, there's a very nice link. Melbourne has become notorious as the world centre for stenciling, and uh, there aren't other cities in the world that have become notorious for it, although stenciling exists as a street art in lots of cities. There's a nice, there's a kind of nice link that, um, you know, one of our best contemporary artists up to 20 years before this time was also working heavily in stenciling. Um, I don't think there's anything... And using the, and, and using the, the tool of the trade, you know, the, the, well, the airbrush, but I For mean... Sure. But, but it's the mark making and it, and it has yeah. a certain sort of industrial and immediate history. Yeah. I like to think about him using the airbrush, actually, because you get a beautiful looseness with spray cans. It's a lot like drawing, you know, and they make you just want to keep on going with them. You know, you can get beautiful lines and you can you can really experiment. With it. They can You can work very loosely with them. And... Um, there seems to be a great love of um, of drawing in Howard's work as well. Well, I mean, one of his famous statements is, "I draw rather than paint." Yeah, and, you can see it. And from the earliest phase of his notebooks, you see these terrific little notes to himself about varying the density or the 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 line and the experimenting with the airbrush to see the kind of softness of effects yeah. that you can get, and then dragging it away from the canvas or getting putting the airbrush quite close to the canvas to get this incredibly dense, graphic, tight black line. Yep. Constantly experimenting with techniques and f- effects. That the And it's amazing what range of effects he was able to mm. produce with the airbrush. But, yeah, drawing was absolutely central to Key the whole to project. Let's talk about the tattooed head for a minute yep. because in this exhibition we have a really wonderful opportunity to bring together four tattooed body parts uh, for the first time since they were displayed originally. And originally Howard wanted to, what we've got is a tattooed head, tattooed hand, a tattooed penis and a tattooed foot. And 
The only one that's in black and white is the tattooed penis because he threw the coloured version out. He didn't think it was terribly successful. But we've got brought these four back together and he always wanted to see them uh, installed vertically because he was drawing on the surrealist game of the exquisite corpse in so uh-huh. much of what he was doing here. Yeah. Um, and they'd travel up around six metres, so it's going to be this really quite radical vertical column of tattooed body parts. Sure. That, these works really grab me massively, and I, I've obviously never seen those all together. Again, it's the patterning, but it's something really nice about it, particularly with, you know, I'm looking at an image here of the tattooed head, and it's it's monochromatic, but there's there's some slight colouring going in there, just some reds and some yellows in amongst it as well. Well, they look like the muted tones yeah. that of a tattoo. I mean, the way tattoos find, the way they sort of meld with the skin or the way the, way the tattoo sort of settles into the skin. You know, I think the colours in Tattooed Head for me echo that kind of skin-like, I don't know, there's something bodily about them. There's something mm. bodily about the colours, I guess. But um, And in stark contrast to just the black and white tattooed head that we have in the NGV collection, which is also in the exhibition.